This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm talking to trainer Kelly Workman about how to be holistically healthy, especially after 50, incorporating nutrition, exercise, weight training, the whole thing. This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm talking to trainer Kelly Workman about how to be holistically healthy, especially after 50, incorporating nutrition, exercise, weight training, the whole thing. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to have a great friend of mine here today, Kelly Workman. She is not only a very talented trainer, but she's my trainer. And I've been talking to you quite a bit over these last couple of months about my own goals of losing fat, gaining muscle, just being healthier. I just want to share a little bit about Kelly, if you don't mind. Yes. Um, hard to believe that this woman is actually in her 50s and she has six children. It's true. So those of you who are thinking, you know, life is just easy for some people. She must have just come out this way. She's going to tell you that's not actually true, but also that it's possible for any of us to get fit and stay strong and live our best lives over 50, right? And I'll share also Kelly's a patient of mine, but I've so enjoyed interacting with you and just, I can tell you guys a lot of things, but I want you to hear it from the expert. So tell me, tell us just a little bit about your background. I mean, you've done so many amazing things, not only in the fitness world, but starting out in corporate real estate and then moving on or you've been doing fitness your whole life. She's yes. been a bikini contest. I mean, this lady's done everything. But what are you passionate about now? Well, now I've kind of retired from my corporate job in corporate real estate. It's, you know, a 24-7, seven days a week type of job. Yeah. But over the years, I've taught a lot of Pilates and a lot of personal training to select clients over time. And I knew as I was getting ready to leave my corporate really demanding job, I could help more people in this realm as, as we got older, being able to work out more, understanding what it was to work out, not just uh, going to a class here or there, but how we eat. And it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle and, and different things like that. So that's really my passion now is helping people over 50, women and men, women particularly, how we can get healthy and stay healthy forever. Yeah. And I, you know, this is what I talk about all the time. I th it's so much more than just how many years we live. Although yes. this, this lifestyle is going to help us with longevity. It's just our health span, not our lifespan. And being able to be healthy, strong, look great, be sexy, feel good. Yeah. When we're in our fifties, which we are and beyond. So just to say, this isn't something that's only for special lucky people. This is something that any of you can achieve. So if you're looking at us and thinking, I can never do that. Kelly, what, what are some of the basic things that we're not doing that we need to do, especially when we're over 45? Like what are the, what are the big pieces that you want to put in place first with your clients? Yeah, I think that I see a lot of people and they, they become overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. I, I'm too busy with work. I've got my kids have too many activities. I can't, how can I focus on myself? All these things. I tell clients all the time, we're going to start with something small. Can you walk outside or inside 30 minutes, three times a week? Don't give up anything you're eating. Don't do anything else. Can you just go for a walk? Can you do the very basics? We accomplish that in a month, six weeks. Okay, I can do that. I can walk. Great. So now tell me about your food. During the time, also, they're keeping a food journal. So I can kind of keep track of what they're eating. We're not cutting any food out of what they're eating. We're just watching what they're eating. So then after about a month, six weeks, we look at the diet. We say, what can we cut out of that? So we find, find one thing, two things. Typically, I'm able to cut out just how about this? Never go through another drive through again. If you can never go through the drive through if you're hungry and you want a Chick-fil-A, I want you to go inside and get it. I'm allowing you to go do it. So then we, we go through that. 
the month to six weeks of that, just kind of getting used to it. Nothing overwhelming. You're still bogged down with basketball games and baseball games and all the things that your life throws at you, There's right? So, so many things. I can tell you, I felt this way too. Like, yeah. I've always been an athlete like you have, but it, it is overwhelming. You've got so many things to do. And one of the first things to go is taking care of ourselves. That's right. right? So I love that you're breaking it down into possible it, It's things. just very little. Everyone can do one little thing. Yeah. One little thing forever adds up to be a lot in the end. Yeah. And then once we get about that six months we're in, and then I start talking about time-restricted eating whether you have health conditions, underlying health conditions or not, it's good for most people. As an adolescent, I would never uh, say it's a great idea. But as you become older, you don't need that much food. We all think we need to eat all the time. We actually don't need to eat all the time. And I'll explain to them, let's pick an eight-hour eating window that you can do. Sometimes clients are like, I can never do that because I have a meeting here. You just need to eat in eight hours and don't eat after eight hours. I don't care what eight hours of a day it is, just pick the eight. So if you've got business meetings late or business meetings early, you adjust your eight-hour window. We start with eight. Most people can eventually accomplish it. That's a very hard task not to eat after you eat at night. Yeah. Once they can do that, then we're about six to eight months in this whole process. They may have lost a couple pounds, but they do have more energy. They do feel better. Within that eight-month window, I have them down to a six-hour eating window. We're in the gym. We're either lifting weights two or three times a week. We're consistently walking or cycling or whatever exercise they found for cardiovascular that they love, whatever that may be. And then they're on a cycle of long-term. It's not even that they're dieting or they're thinking about it anymore. It's natural. They don't know what to do if they don't do it. Yeah. That's really what you have to get in their head. It's not about the diet. It's not about exercise. It's what can I do to make permanent changes that become part of me? Just like going to baseball games 18 times a week go become part of you. You can be, this can be a part of you too. You just have to make time to make it happen. Yeah. And I love that. That's a really great analogy. And I've actually used it quite a bit talking to myself or to patients when, when I hear that, oh, I don't have time thing and I'm no different. I use, I have the same voice that comes up, yeah. but if our child needs something, all of a sudden we make time for it. If they need us to go to baseball games five times a week or God forbid, if they get an illness that we have to take into the doctor, all of a sudden we make time. So we make time for what's important, but we we're just conditioned not to make ourselves that important. Right. So I love, I love that we can make time. And so I have a couple of weeks ago, actually talked on this uh, show about my own journey with intermittent fasting. I'm doing the 12 to eight eating window and it's really quite easy I haven't really found it difficult at all because I'm eating a lot of protein during the 12 to 8 window, which is something that Kelly's helped me with. And you guys have heard me talk about that a lot. I'm vegetarian, so it does require quite a bit of thought to to do that. But yes, most of us are low in protein. We, I know I was. Even if you're not vegetarian, you're low in protein. Most Mm -hmm. people... I have a lot of clients like, well, I ate a hamburger. I ate this. But you need to actually... Every every person I ever talked to them said, give me two weeks of what you eat. I want everything, the bad, the good, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, every glass of water you drink, everything. When we start analyzing really what's happening, you're really not getting enough protein. And protein's required for everything in your body to function normally. And if you want muscle, I mean, there's so many studies now talking about the amount of muscle that you have as you age decreases by 10, 20, 30, 40, Mm -hmm. 50%. So what happens when you fall? You have no muscle to help hold your bones together when you fall down. All of these things and the only way to get it is eating protein. Whether yeah. you're vegetarian or not, you have to have it. Yeah, I, I so I did this experiment where you write down what you're eating. And I 
you know, I was really paying attention yeah. to my protein because I am a vegetarian and I thought I'm getting enough. And so I've talked before about getting, and I don't know if this is what you recommend, but around one gram of protein per hour. One to two, depending on what your yeah. activities are. Yeah, That's I mean, right. if you're uh, really trying to build muscle even more than that. But so I'm trying to get 120. I am. I am getting 120 <laughs> grams a day. But when I did the, um, the calculation, you know, I was getting it some days. Some days I wasn't. Right. I mean, there'd be days when I was eating almost nothing but carbs. And so we have to be honest about what we're eating and I've got to really love it because I don't get hungry. I don't have cravings for sugar right. like I used to. I, I really don't even want it. Like I'll, I'll look at whatever it was that I knew was not helping my health, this healthful journey, like a cupcake. One of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. And now I just don't want to eat it because well, I know it's going to make me feel bad. And the thing is that even though you're eating healthy, like most people say, well, I eat very healthy. I don't eat any processed foods. I don't eat McDonald's and, and all that's fantastic. Good. That's good. But you're still, just because you're eating celery, you're still not getting enough protein. You're not getting a full balanced diet of nutrients, whatever that looks like for your diet, whether you're vegetarian or uh, you eat fish or whatever it is that it is, you have to have more balance. You have to have those amino acids one way or another, whether you get them through eggs, through supplementation, through pea protein shakes, whatever your situation is. If you don't get the grams, you're not getting the grams. doesn't how much celery or broccoli you eat. You have to have protein. Yeah. Everybody has to have it. So I'm 55, as many of you know, and I have a body composition machine in my office, which is is kind of compelling for me to get on it at least every couple of weeks. And I had actually watched my muscle mass drop, even yeah. though I'm very athletic. It, you know, it happens to all of us. Like Kelly was saying, it's just a function of aging. Mm-hmm. And we see so many illnesses, as well as just lack of mobility and injuries, uh, you name it, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease are all related to this trend in decreasing muscle and increasing body fat. And I'm sure you see this with your clients yes. too. Often we might be even what we call skinny fat, where we're not necessarily overweight or obese, right? But we've got too much body fat and not enough muscle, right? Not to blame you. This is just a natural course that happens as we get older. And if you look at women getting older, you see that happening: little arms getting thinner, belly getting bigger, right. and lots of diseases increasing. So. What else can we do? So we're, we're going to eat more protein, have time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. I just found that so important. Because it's really not like a diet. You don't have to worry about, i got to prep my food. I can't go out of town because right. I have to have this special meal. No, you don't. You yeah. just eat in the window. It's very, very simple. Anywhere, anyone can do it. Yeah, I know for me, and I think I've mentioned this before probably lots of times because it's so exciting. I think the most important part of that window for me was the not eating late at night mm-hmm. part. I mean, skipping breakfast, I kind of did a lot anyway, but, um, I can eat a lot of calories after 8 PM and I don't really count them. Like I have to think about it. I'm drinking a glass of wine and maybe eating a snack while I'm watching a movie or reading a book. And I don't necessarily count it. Right. But it counts. It right? does count. It uh, does. Probably I think it counts more than any other calories because well, you're yeah. in bed with it. There's also whenever you eat late at night, even if that's going to be your window, maybe you work shift work or whatever, that's fine. But when you eat late, and you try to go to bed, you cannot get your resting heart rate down enough that your body can actually relax to then get rid of these toxins that you've eaten, get rid of these things that you've eaten. So then you don't have a restful sleep. You may wake up and you may feel, oh, I feel good. But that's another huge component is the later you eat, the less restful sleep you get. If you don't get enough sleep, six hours minimum, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to go through the cycle and not have this belly fat here and skinny arms and muscle decrease. All these things matter when you're not sleeping also. Yeah. So eating too late, it really affects your sleep. Whether you realize it now or not, it affects your sleep. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that so much when, and then drinking alcohol late. Oh for yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I love to do it like most of us do or many yeah. of us do, 
I've tried to not drink after eight o'clock. I don't yeah. always succeed in that goal, but it's not as hard as it sounds. And I sleep much better too, just like you said, because when the alcohol wears off and your sugar drops, that's you right. will wake up. That's right. And then lots of studies show that broken sleep or not having more than six hours of really restful sleep is associated right. with weight gain because our cortisol goes up. That's and right. So many things happen. So that's right. Sleep is critical. I can't even tell you how, I mean, how important that is. It is. And it's, it's not that like you'd like to have a drink of wine on the weekend, but have a drink of wine yeah. at nighttime, whatever. And all those things are fine. If you're doing the majority of things right all week long to do that, you're really not going to notice a beat. Yeah. You're not going to skip a beat. It's just getting into the healthy habits. So when you do want to go with your friends and you are doing it in the window, of course, it doesn't really have an effect on you, but it's when you do it every single day and your body never has a chance to rest. Yeah. That's when the issues start to arise and you don't notice them until you're 55 or 60 and you're like, wait a minute, put the brakes on. It's hard. You can do it, but you got to really reverse it quick. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to help you now do it to where it's a simple, gradual process between hormone replacement, different things, making sure all your levels, your B's and everything are perfect. And then you start this exercise and dieting and window and all these things really makes it easier. Yeah. Oh, and so, so it's a holistic thing. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. And it certainly has been on my journey as we uh, enter menopause, you know, hormone optimization is really critical. And Kelly and I both believe in that. Yeah. We're both using hormones and she probably won't mind me saying that. Um, it's critical to maintain our health if we want to live long and healthy. Right. Um, nutrition. We've talked about. And so mm-hmm. increasing protein is critical. Mm-hmm. And you know what What other mistakes? Do, and that, the window of eating, not eating too late or too early and having a prolonged period of fasting most days. What other nutritional changes can we make? You know, because I can just feel listeners are probably like, oh, my God, that sounds so hard and scary. But it really is. That. It really is. I think, too, that, you know, nowadays, everything that you buy comes in a super size of everything. Mm-hmm. Your dinner plates are super sized. Your meals are super sized. Everything yeah. is. Everyone can look at the palm of their hand. The size of this is about the size of the protein that you'll be eating. Same with your carbohydrates. You want as many vegetables as you can stuff in after that. But if you're getting protein and healthy carbohydrates every meal, you're not going to be able to eat much more food. Mm-hmm. You don't need this giant dinner plate to fill it up and have to finish it. Mm-hmm. The, that mindset of that we're always in a state of starvation is long gone mm-hmm. before my parents were still alive, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that just getting that in your mindset, you really don't need that much food. Now, you may be used to eating that much. So it'll be hard for your stomach to shrink back down. Just drink water is my biggest tip to everyone. I'm like, I drink water before I eat. I drink water after I eat. Now it's a no-brainer. Now it's easy. But really, our proportion of our size of foods is really a good enough protein. But don't overeat. There's no reason to overeat it. You you can't use it all. Yeah. You know, your stomach really is... Uh, the palm of your hand is a great measurement for a lot of things. That's about how big your stomach is. But we're able to stretch it out just like a balloon. And and it does take a little bit of time for it to shrink. Yeah. But whenever um, myself or patients have started on this journey, it doesn't take very long. No. We all know about drinking water, but there's you know, really scientific reasons to do that. Not only does it fill you up, but we need water, obviously, for every cellular mechanism that we have. And to burn fat, our liver needs water mm-hmm. in order to turn the fat into something water-soluble. So we've got to drink water, and everybody knows that already. Yet somehow we're still drinking lots of Diet Coke and other things. Yeah. That's usually one of the first things once I do the the diet analysis of people and they have Cokes on several. I see that one thing will be easy to give up. Well, it's not easy to give up. And I try to help find substitutes for sodas and different things because they have a lot of choices in the grocery store now. Yeah. If this is if this is your vice and you love Dr. Pepper, we have to find you something else. And we can find you something else. And it's worked many times. It's just you being willing to recognize this is really bad for me. Yeah. And the two options are you keep doing it 
and your path will be cut very short or you stop doing it and you can live a long, healthy, fulfilling life yes. without Dr. Pepper or whatever your vice may be. Everyone has one. I have one too. I love Oreos. I just don't buy them because I know I'll eat the whole bag, right? Yeah. So everyone has a vice and when you want it, have it once in a while, but you can't have it every day or every week. Yeah. It, it, this is so important. I think it, it, I realized this at some point not too long ago because honestly, it had been relatively easy for me to maintain my weight, I exercise a lot. I've always been athletic and I ate well, you know, not as clean as I need to now being 55. Um, but when I noticed my body changing and not just from a vanity point of view, but from a health point of view, right. my uh, LDL cholesterol had started going up. My sugar had started changing a little bit and it had always been perfect. So these things happen to all of us. And I, I recognize at some point there really was a choice point that I could I could continue on the path I was on. And I actually watched, you might do this with your family, uh, if you have older sisters or if your mom's still living and she's maybe not in the best of health like mine, I can have osteoporosis and Alzheimer's disease and break a bone every time I try to stand up and all the things that my 89-year-old mom has because she didn't have the benefit right. of this education and literally see myself going down that path and my some of my older sisters going down the same path yeah. <laughs> or make a different choice. And so it makes it a lot easier for me to not do those things that I know are leading me down the path I don't want to go. If I just understand it's a choice, like nobody's, yeah, like you said, you can choose to go on that path and your life will be cut short and you'll have diseases and, and illnesses and pains and other things, or you could choose a different path. Uh, and one, one other tip that I like is that I already know what that thing tastes like. Just go back to my cupcake. I can look at it. And I can imagine what it tastes like because I've eaten that 150 times. <laughs> it's not <laughs> right, going right, to taste right, any different. Right. And I can still get some joy out of looking at it and smelling it. And yeah. I, I don't even have to eat it. So that's another, uh, somebody shared that trick with me. I thought it was so cute. We don't get anything out of it anymore, really. Uh, not that food right. is. Right. It's not the first time you've had it. That's right. I mean, not right. that food isn't a joyful part of life, but at some point it's creating more harm than good. And, and we all choose not to do those things right. that we know are harmful. We put on a seatbelt. We Hopefully don't drink and drive or we, we make, we don't smoke. We make these choices that we know are healthy because of course that just makes sense. Right. So this is no different, but I think for some reason we've just been accustomed to thinking, Oh, it's too hard. I can't, I can't go to the gym because, of, or I can't ever look like this, you know, and right. it's just not true. I mean, this is available for anybody to, to do. Right. Um, and it's just very simple techniques. I mean, just the very simple intermittent fasting, you don't do anything special. It's just the window. Just eat in the window of time. This is when you're allowed to eat. This is when you don't eat. That's it. And don't do anything else. Go outside for a walk. Don't try your best not to stay in the house or in a gym. If you're, you don't have other avenues, go outside, breathe the fresh air, see the light, go early in the morning. It's hot in Houston. If you live in Houston or go in the evening, go outside, breathe, try to clear your mind of all the day's events and things that have happened, right? All of, for all of those reasons, it makes it easier. You can realize, oh, I can do this. It's just simple baby steps to make it permanent. Yeah. Some really fun things I, I find is like seeing data. I like data. Um, you can tell because your your pants are fitting better. But when you start seeing things changing in a positive yeah. direction, it's really encouraging. And so, for example, Kelly and I have been working out together. So I've known her for years, but I've didn't do her workout plan because I don't know. I thought I didn't need to, but I've got more muscle. I can see my muscles now. I feel stronger. Yeah. I'm eating protein every day and I feel full. And so my numbers on the body comp machine are changing in a positive direction. My lipid panel and sugar are better and back to being perfect like they used to be. So it's really cool to see that this actually works and it's not 
not you're not taking medications that are harmful you're not doing anything dangerous it's just simply and it's really two days a week about 30 to 45 minutes a day yeah wait so we work so twice out. a week it's not yeah. it's not a huge commitment so tell me about that so I told, I, she's great. She says, well, what can you do? I said, I, this is what I can do. I can do two days a week. Right. I, do, I do cardio and other things. I'm active every day with tennis or pickleball or, you know, swim, bike, run, whatever. But as far as strength training, I personally was not really doing that at all. Um, and so for women my age, we've got to do some strength training. Right. And you might be really fit like I was doing a lot of cardio, you know, tennis, swim, bike, run, whatever your right. passion is. But if you're not doing strength training, you're still going to suffer those health effects from muscle loss. And do you see that? Yes. We see it all the time because people, and I love to take classes um, and I love to do things like that. The thing is that resistive weight training uses using specific weights, going to failure and then being able to increase the weight, going to failure again, continuously going to failure, getting actually stronger, mm-hmm. right? It's not really cardiovascular conditioning like other things are. It is literally just building the muscle, breaking down the muscle in the gym. You go home, you eat your food, you rest two or three days, let it completely recondition, then you break it down again, right? And then you eat and you rest it and then you break it down again. So you really need both. You need some kind of cardiovascular conditioning as well as resistive weight training. And they are totally separate. And you really just need even the basic fundamentals. If you could do push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups and and squats, if that's all you had access to, using weights or using your body weight or using um, things like bands or things like that in your own home gym, anything like that separate from your cardiovascular, right? So they're two separate entities. You'll notice a big difference. Everybody needs it. And so I was under the misconception that what I was doing, like I I love spin class. Many of you know, I like what the brand soul cycle that we have here in Houston It's throughout the country. It's really fun. So bike dancing and you're using three or five pound weights. And so I was doing that and that was my weight training. But if you can do five minutes of five pound weights or seven minutes without stopping, that doesn't count because I wasn't getting to failure. So tell us right. about what, well, so failure means you can't do it anymore, but tell exactly. us how that actually so, works. So it's, it's more just the basic concept of this. If you're doing whatever prescribed weight that you're doing and you can do three sets of 12, you can get through three, three sets of 12 very simply. It's not enough weight. You need to be looking at enough weight that you're lifting with proper technique and proper form. So we always start out less to make sure, protect your joints, protect everything. So once you get to that third set of 12 and you could do that very easily, you need to add weight. Add 20%, 30% on. The first set, you might get to 12. The second set, you might get to eight. The third set, you might only get to six. That's the right amount of weight. Mm-hmm. Then you're working that heaviest weight till you can get to 12 or almost to 12 and then you increase the weight again. So yeah. it's really looking to go to failure. It's going to pain. It's going when you don't think you can go one more set and you finish it and you're dying and your arms are like jelly or whatever yeah. it is, then you know you've broken down that muscle properly. And then the biggest key is in the gym, you're not building it. You go home and you rest it. A lot of people have the problem was I'm going to go to the gym every single day of the week and do it. Well, then your muscles never have time to rest. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to build them because you're not going to be as strong. They're not going to be fed and rested. So then they can actually build up in three or four days when they've had time to rest. Yeah. Right. So it's the breaking down and the rebuilding, which makes the muscle stay. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a process and it's not quick. Yeah, it's not quick. No. But it is in a way, because I'll just tell you, even in a few weeks, I feel I feel a difference. And so, yeah. so you're not going to get to your end result overnight. But I think that it's true to say that you you will feel within a month. I think happening. that you yeah, will. For yeah. sure. Um, because if you're doing the other parts um, and the good news is, if, if that sounds like a scary idea, that you not only do you not have to do it every day, but you really shouldn't do it every That's day. Correct. Um, and so I love that idea. So I personally am doing just two days a week, which has been great. Yes. And then 
cardio on the other days. Um, and I don't, so another thing women say is I don't want to be bulky. I don't want to bulk up. Well, right. I'm not. And um, now you have, you, she looks amazing. That's a choice. You could be bulkier. But even, I, I, I take hormone replacement from Dr. Susan, but even when we don't have enough testosterone in our body, we're not taking all this extra supplementation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not eating enough food if you're eating properly to get bulky. If you're getting bulky, you're not eating properly. You're not yeah. eating because you're not really getting muscle bulky. You're getting flat, fluffy, yeah. inflammation bulky, right? Mm-hmm. It's really not possible. When you see those girls that are very bulky, they're doing a lot of other medications mm-hmm. to help them um, get rid of their estrogen and have more testosterone, a lot more to become more bulky. It's just not a thing that happens. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to be a power lifter. You're not a 25-year-old power lifter that yeah. is doing all these things. It's just you're not the same composition and you're never going to be. Yeah, that's not something you have to worry about. Never. Uh, no. So being being toned though is is fun. So I I like I mean the cosmetic part. Some people might say, well, it's just vanity. You know, you're getting older. Who cares? And I know it isn't. It's actually so many things have helped that when I've had now that I have a little more muscle mass. Um, you know, I do feel like I look better in clothes, which is fun. But also my back doesn't hurt at the end of the day because right. my posture's maintained. I can carry a heavy box without having to ask for help. Uh, I feel strong and just switching gears a little bit, that makes me feel sexier, more engaged, wanting to engage with other people. I mean, it changes your state of mind, just that feeling of strength. And then if I fall down, I'm less likely to have an injury. I mean, so if I'm playing tennis, I'm less likely to twist my ankle. There's so many side effects. It's not just about looking cute, although you will look cute (laughs) as well. Um, It's really your whole life changes when you have more muscle and less body fat and feel healthier. That's right. Well, there's so many, you know, so many positive things that happen when you're lifting weights, the endorphins in your brain, the serotonin yeah. that's, that's delivered when you're working out. The thing is, as we get older, we all lose a little bit of our vision. We all lose a little bit of our balance, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of you're perfectly healthy or not, right? As we age, it's just a effect of aging. So lifting weights helps you feel stronger, but actually you are stronger, like you said. So mm-hmm. whenever you do trip over that cord or you go to pick up a box, you don't have to go ask someone. Even if that someone comes to help you, it, internally you feel like, ah, oh, you should be able to lift that. Now I can't lift that. It yeah. messes with your brain. So lifting weights, regardless of, of the heaviness that you're lifting, helps you mentally be able to focus and function as you get older. And you, just like you said, you feel so much better about yourself yeah. that you can actually function. I don't need someone to come change the light bulb. I can do this. Like yeah. I, I have the confidence to do it. And really the serotonin that you get from working out, the endorphins that you get, they're better than any drug that you can get. You yeah. just need to get them more and more. And the more that you lift weights and the stronger you feel, the more you go to failure and you realize, oh, I can actually go to failure and I survived. All of a sudden, you're a new person the next day. You just yeah. don't realize it until you do it. Yeah, and that's really true. And I've actually, I've, I'm experiencing that right now, and I love it. We're actually going to work out tomorrow. And we worked out on Thursday. I told texted Kelly afterwards and said, my arms felt like spaghetti. <laughs> I think, and I'm not used to that because yeah. I don't lift heavy enough weights. But then, you know, by the end of the day, it just felt stronger. I mean, I'm really noticing a difference. It's, it's yeah. so it's a huge idea. Now, not everybody has the resources to have a personal trainer, although right. I think if you do it's a great idea because i know when i walk into a gym and you might feel this way it's like what do i do and how do i do it safely so having somebody walk you through it is great and there's so many resources online we'll put some links to callie's information below about the offerings that that you have so if you happen to be lucky enough to be here in houston um, how do people find you to get your advice in person? Well, I think we'll put links on this page mm-hmm. and we have, uh, I train people at Lifetime Gym. It's a big club here in Houston. If you're in Houston, they have locations all over the country. Um, but, but what I want to backtrack really quick, what Susan said was, 
any gym that you go to, if you're a member, they all have trainers. Even if you pay them for one session, show me through, show me an upper body workout and a lower body workout. Can you write them down? Or you take your phone and take photos of them and you write them down. If you're motivated, you'll find a way that you could do it. YouTube, you can take your phone into the gym and YouTube has got a million and one things you could do. Watch them have perfect form when you're doing it as they're showing you. And you can progress forward very simply. It doesn't have to cost a fortune, Yeah, you know, no matter where you are. I have a small home set up. I also teach private Pilates one-on-one and I do some personal training that way. So Susan can put my links up on the video. Pilates, just a little quick um, tips about Pilates. I, yeah. I, find, I do that too, a couple of days a week and on the reformer machine, which mm-hmm. if you can also do it on the floor you with, can. with barely anything except your own body yeah. weight, but uh, can be a really great full body workout. And you can definitely do Pilates to exhaustion, right? I mean, would you yeah. count that? In- I will say that Pilates works your body from the inside out, head to toe. It's a lot mm-hmm. of core stabilization. It's a lot of breathing. Yeah. When we use it on the reformer, it's a little different because on the mats, kind of like yoga, but a little different moves, right? Yeah. Still a lot of breathing, a lot of mind-body focus. On the reformer, you're really having to use your core stability and strength, and it lengthens what's tight and strengthens what's weak. And most people that I teach don't even realize they're strong football players or dancers, and they don't even recognize what's really going on until we get four or five classes in, and they're like, wow. And then you may not get a six-pack of abs because you got some fluffy there, but you will be able to tell. You will stand up taller. Your shoulders will be back. Your chest will be up, and you'll be breathing better, right? Yeah. And it's amazing what it can do for you. And, yeah. I, and again, I say you still lift weights twice a week. You do Pilates once or twice a week. You do yoga once or twice a week. You go for walks. You cycle. You run. Whatever the things you're doing. I mean, it's an it's a lifestyle that you're doing something every day, something you like to do. Play yeah. pickleball with your family. Whatever you like to do, you just need to be moving. Keep your blood flowing. So I, uh, I think diversifying what you're doing is so important because I had always just done one thing. I'd been a runner and that was great, but I wasn't building any muscle. I'd lost a lot of flexibility. I had no lateral strength. So I think the a really key thing or maybe a really good thing to end on is just diversifying what we're doing so that we're strengthening everything. And that way, if we do get injured, we've got some other things that we like. And then right. just doing things that are fun. Like we play pickleball together, yes. doing stuff with your family. Incorporating many ways, but also that way you don't get bored. You don't get stuck in the position where I don't want to do it today. Or you get injured and you can't do it. You need something else that you're doing. It's very important. And it's very good for your body and your brain to diversify. Always be learning new things, right? My uncle, who's 98 years old, told me what keeps him so young is he's always learning. Always learning new things, whether it's how to turn his new iPhone on or whether it's cycling to a new song. It's his soul cycle class in the woodlands. Whatever it is, you know, this is what they like to do. So I think just being diverse in everything that you do is the best way. Yeah. 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 We could talk for hours, but just, just because we're getting older doesn't mean there are fewer things that we can do. In fact, I think it's really important to do more things. I think there's more. Yeah. Do more things, some different things. Um, And that's been so helpful for me. So just to wrap up, I want to summarize what I believe is what you said. Tell me if I'm wrong, how to look good, feel good, live a long, healthy life. We've got to eat differently, focus on protein, and the intermittent fasting is something you really mm-hmm. believe in, right? Mm-hmm. And then adding strength training and diversity to your workout plan, Absolutely. whatever that is, or your movement plan. Yes. Of course, I always believe in hormone optimization. That's a little bit outside of the scope of what we're talking about today. Any last tips or secrets that, that you have to help women? I think you just start small. Mm-hmm. Don't bite up more than you can chew. Uh, many people come to me and they're like, I'm, I've been on a salad diet for 10 days. I'm on the... Pila poop soup diet or, or whatever, whatever they're on that week. I, none of these things pick one thing you can do and just do that one thing, whether it's walking outside, that's easy. It's free. Everyone's got somewhere they can walk at a park or anywhere. Just start simple. 
Don't bite off more than you can chew because you want to do it forever. Yeah. Bite off too much, you can't do that forever. None of us can. Yeah. Just start slow and simple. Well, it's always yeah. so great to see you. Thank and you. Uh, Kelly, you're such an inspiration uh, to so many women. And uh, thank you so much for offering your wisdom today. Thank you. That's and great. I can't wait to see how my journey continues as I get more muscle, lean out a little bit, see my labs getting better, get stronger. Very exciting. Yeah, we'll be adding some pictures on Instagram and showing you how that's going as well. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. And I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.